0: Summit Medical Group is the largest physician-owned multi-specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Cats and dogs, gerbils and hamsters, fish, frogs and turtles. We love our pets. Research shows that the bond between humans and animals is strong and can contribute to overall emotional and mental health. But how can families stay physically healthy while caring for household pets? My guest today is Dr. Jill Gora. She's board-certified family medicine practitioner with Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Gora. So as I said... Pets can be so great for our health, for our heart health and our emotional health, but there's also some things we need to watch out for. So when we start with the most basic of pets, dogs and cats, what are the things you see as a family practitioner that people have issues with their pets?
1: Sure. I, You know, I think um, we also have to keep in mind that the benefits of pet ownership far outweigh these risks. Um, And by following some simple preventative steps, I think we can prevent uh, many of the things that I'm about to talk to you about today. Um, But dogs and cats are the most common animals that we have in our households today in the U.S. In fact, over 50% of U.S. households have a pet in the home. And I like to think about the different types of illnesses that can come from our pets under a few different headings, either bacterial infections, viral infections things that are caused by dog or cat, parasites, or fungal infections. And that's sort of how I categorize them in my head. Um, But one of the most common things that we see are the bacterial infections. And we see a fair amount of people who have unfortunately been bitten or scratched by their pet. And those bacterial infections can arise very quickly, let's say, in an animal bite. So we always recommend that if God forbid you do have a bite, the very first thing you should do is wash it with copious amounts of water and soap, even if that bite is bleeding, and then seek medical attention quickly. Uh, The mouths of cats and dogs are not really that clean, and the bacteria that live in their mouths can enter our skin very easily with a bite. And oftentimes people who do sustain a bite need to go on some oral antibiotics to prevent Um, that from getting infected. So that's definitely one of the first things that we see uh, most commonly. Another bacterial infection that we see is salmonella. And that comes particularly from um, pocket pets, which are gerbils and mice, um, but also the, um, you know, coming from reptiles, particularly pet turtles in the home. And this has actually risen to, um, you know, such a level of concern that very small reptiles, in particular turtles less than four inches across when you measure their, uh, the back of their shell, have been banned in the U.S. because there was such a high rate of salmonella infecting these animals. And if you think about it, those animals are particularly attractive to young children. They're small, they're easy to hold, And unfortunately, you know, young children would pick these animals up and then touch their mouths or actually kiss these animals or put them in their mouths, and that was a great source for salmonella. Salmonella causes a very terrible um, diarrhea illness in children and adults and uh, can be very debilitating and life-threatening, especially in children or those who are immunocompromised. So um, we ask that really children less than 5 years old Shouldn't have pets like that in the home that are reptiles or even amphibians. Um, And pocket pets can actually uh, harbor this germ as well. Um, The other group of animals that harbor salmonella are baby chicks and baby ducklings. And this comes into play when, you know, there's an experiment at school where chicks are hatched. Those really should not be handled by young children because they really are at great risk. Um, The other bacterial illness Uh, that I'd like to talk about, which is very big and where I live here in New Jersey, is Lyme disease. And our pets are often seen as sentinel animals for a disease like Lyme disease. And what that means is if our pet becomes sick with Lyme disease, it should be a trigger to us as medical providers, but also to the family that owns that pet, that the burden of ticks in and around your home is so great that your pet is sick, so you are very much at risk for contracting Lyme disease as well. And again, Lyme disease um, is a bacterial organism that lives inside deer ticks. And when the deer tick bites an infected, um, uh, excuse me, bites a dog or a cat um, and uh, gets into their bloodstream, the dog or cat can get very sick, as can um, we, can get very sick as well as if the tick, if the tick bites us too. Um, this is a disease that uh, often goes unnoticed or undertreated, uh, but really can come back and be much worse as chronic Lyme later on if not treated uh, sufficiently from the get-go. So we really try to keep um, veterinarians and uh, family doctors really try to keep an eye out for this all through the year, but particularly in the warmer months when ticks are most active. So, so like if, we this-
0: notice, okay. if we notice, if we notice that our our dog is, or cat is sick and we take them and they tell us, oh yes, you know, they've been bitten by a tick or your dog has ticks and, you know, we pick ticks off of our animals. You know, as, as uh, owners, we pick them off and, you know, throw them away or do something with them. So should we... If we ever find one of these, save it and take it in to be tested, because then we'll know if we're at high risk of Lyme disease in the ticks that are around us?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And years ago, probably like 20 years ago, when we really started to see Lyme disease first emerging in this area and really recognizing it, um, we used to send the ticks to the local health department. But now the burden of Lyme disease is so great, and it's so prevalent, especially in the Northeast that we no longer uh, send them to the Board of Health. They just don't have, um, they don't have the, the people power to, to keep up with that demand. So um, we ask that you just dispose of the tick correctly, um, make sure they're, they're um, no longer, you know, on you, on your pet, and that you are then on high alert everyone in that family to keep checking themselves every day when they come in from outside Uh, to make sure they don't have any ticks on them. And if you do, the best thing to do is to pluck them off and to take them off completely, including the mouth parts, Um, you know, making sure that uh, you don't get the bacterial infection Lyme disease transmitted through you. But truly, the Lyme tick has to be, first of all, infected with Lyme, but also attached and feeding on your body at least 48 to 72 hours in order to transmit Lyme. So the theory goes, if you check yourself every day and pluck ticks off, you should never get Lyme disease if you pluck them all off.
0: So give us some more of your really good tips about pets and health.
1: Sure. So I just want to alert um, a special group of people um, about a parasitic infection that's very important in families, and that is for pregnant women. They need to be aware of a parasitic infection related to cats that we call toxoplasmosis. And this is an infection that cats can get by being outside. And uh, if they consume an infected mouse or an infected bird, it gets inside the gut of the cat. And cats usually don't show um, really any symptoms of this at all, but they end up passing the parasite or the eggs of the parasite in their feces. So if you have a cat that goes outside, then comes in, and let's say uses a litter box in the house, the feces in that litter box could contain those parasites. And if a pregnant woman is changing that litter box, she is really putting not only herself, but particularly her developing fetus at risk. And toxoplasmosis is is usually a pretty self-limited infection if an adult gets it. But if a pregnant woman gets toxoplasmosis, her her baby could be born with some very serious uh, birth defects, including blindness, and pretty severe mental disabilities. So we ask pregnant women to, first of all, give the job of cleaning the litter box to someone else for those nine months and uh, really try to stay away from from that job completely. Also, it's not a good time to adopt a brand-new cat, um, especially a stray cat, when you're pregnant. You don't want to bring um, a cat in from the outside. The other way that cats can... um, Pick up toxoplasmosis is if they eat undercooked or relatively raw meat. So you always want to make sure that you're giving your cat a well-respected commercial brand of cat food. Um, and if you do feed your cat any table food, it should be very well cooked. You don't want to introduce anything unwittingly into their system that could, in turn, um, you know, make you sick. Um, the other sort of harbinger of uh, of toxoplasmosis are sandboxes, because to a cat who's outside, a sandbox is just a giant litter box. So you always want to keep sandboxes covered when not in use, because you don't want children to pick up toxoplasmosis um, from infected feces that are in their litter box. I mean, excuse me, in their sandbox uh, outside. And then finally, when gardening outside, you know, if a cat has gone outside and um, you know deposited feces in a garden you don't want to stir that up with your bare hands. So always wear gardening gloves when gardening and then any vegetables that you might get from your outdoor garden. You always want to wash them thoroughly, of course, before you eat them.
0: And Dr. Gore, in just the last minute, please give your best advice for scratches and nips from our household, loving little pets, what we can do to keep ourselves safe and why they should come to summit medical group for care.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Um, the number one thing to do is um, keep your pet healthy. So you want to make sure that you're taking good care of your pet, that your, cat, your, your pet is uh, vaccinated if need be, and gets regular checkups at their veterinarian because a healthy pet is obviously much safer for us to have in our home. If um, you do get scratched or, or bitten by a pet or someone else's pet, again, wash that wound copiously with water and soap. You really can't use too much water and soap for a wound, and do that as quickly as possible. That should be the very first instinctive thing you do if, God forbid, you get, you get bitten. Also, make sure when you're taking care of your pet's um, food bowls and water bowls, you don't want to wash those or clean those in your kitchen sink where you also prepare food. Do that in another sink. And don't wash their bedding or any of their toys in your kitchen sink as well. Make sure that if you're visiting petting zoos or any other animals that you bring hand sanitizer or wash your hands immediately after touching other pets, particularly to wash your hands before you eat after that. Um, And those are really the, the best things to do. I want to particularly say that there are some groups that are at great risk for catching infections from pets, and those are the very young. That would be children under five. Anyone who has a compromised immune system, so those are people who are undergoing chemotherapy treatment for cancer, or anyone who is very elderly or frail, or anyone with HIV AIDS, you want to particularly keep them, um, you know, away from potential sources of infection. But otherwise, the benefits that we can gain from having companionship of healthy pets in our home is very well studied and very well documented, They help lower our blood pressure, decrease depression. It actually increases the socialization of owners as well. Um, And I'd like to think that they really enrich our lives. But um, if you do feel that you've gotten sick from your pet, absolutely. Please bring them to your doctor at Summit Medical Group. We're very happy to, uh, to care for you and to help keep you healthy.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Gora. Beautifully said. You're listening to SMG Radio, and for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.